Welcome to Making Better Financial Decisions. My name is David Lewis, and if you want more financial tips, ideas, and advice, go to www.monogenics.com, M-O-N-E-G-E-N-I-X.com. And now, on to the show. Toward the end of the 1930s, the personal saving rate in the United States started to rise. And then it spiked in the 40s to about, uh, I think it was 15%, give or, 15%, give or take. It wasn't exactly 15%. But now this was the golden age of saving. And most people, uh, when they saved, they were using uh, whole life insurance and uh, like checking your savings accounts, really, um, as their primary uh, savings vehicles. Whole life insurance was particularly attractive uh, due to the forced savings aspect of the contract and the dividends that life insurers paid on the policy, uh, in addition to the guaranteed cash value growth options in those contracts. Today, uh, these products, it it almost feels like a niche product. Not as many people know about them. Um, But in the 30s, they were very popular all the way up through to the 70s. And in uh, in 1976, the savings rate peaked at about 14%. And then something weird started happening. Uh, Sales of whole life insurance slid. Uh, Investors moved away from guaranteed insurance policies. Uh, 401k plan. Uh, the 401k plan was uh, just kind of starting uh, to take off um, and become really mainstream. It was, it was taking off. And people were told that if they got into these new types of retirement plans, that they could be pro-am investors and they you know could be rich in the, from just from investing in the stock market. And at the, it was at that time, around that time, that's, that the A.L. Williams Corporation, uh, which exclusively sold term life insurance, was in instrumental in this shift uh, from savings accounts and whole life insurance into more equity-based or stock market-based investing. It's uh, The people behind A.L. Williams started telling people that whole life insurance was a ripoff, uh, and, and convinced millions of people to cash in their guaranteed whole life policies for a combination of term insurance and speculative investments. It started out as uh, mutual funds inside of uh, what they call sub accounts inside of in, uh, variable annuities. And then at some point, you know, there were just different investments that were that were introduced. Uh, Williams sold from what I understand or what I could garner just from reading about it, uh, somewhat expensive term insurance. But since the premiums were a lot lower than whole life insurance, it looked like a lot better deal than than whole life at that time. Uh, and then he put his clients into these annuities and mutual funds that projected a very high rates of return uh, on that savings. So the national debate came to a head in the 1970s when the FTC held hearings about the sales practices of life insurance companies and, the, and the, of course, the agents. Um, they FTC wanted to go through the cost of life insurance, rates of return on whole life. And, uh, and then they, later the agency published its findings in the uh, uh, 1979 Life Insurance Cost Disclosure Report. And so later on, when uh, Art Williams wrote his book, Coach, he included uh, kind of the, I guess, war stories of how he changed the industry uh, and got people interested in buy term and invest the difference as, a, as an investment strategy. 
quote, we put the FTC report on top of every client's kitchen table. We passed out flyers by the thousands. The report supported everything we claimed. Its credibility just couldn't be denied. Every man and woman in A.L. Williams felt a new conviction that our crusade was 100% right for consumers. Consumers now knew the real story behind trash value life insurance. With a choice, they came to A.L. Williams every time, end quote. So the FTC report that Williams references did contain criticisms of some of the whole life insurance policies being sold at that time. And I actually spent time combing through the actual report. It's still, it's available online. You can download it uh, and read through it if you like reading through government reports. Some of those criticisms were quite valid because some companies were selling, you know, products that, you know, didn't seem like they were that good. However, what was also in the report was that most of the whole uh, policies that were being criticized were non-participating or non-dividend paying whole life policies. Uh, some of the criticisms involved making comparisons between compounding uh, interest in whole life cash values and non-compounding yields found in mutual, uh, if, excuse me, found in uh, municipal bonds. But the FTC report also included passages like this, and I'll just read it from right from the report. Quote, during the initial years of a typical whole life policy, the portion of the premium that get that goes to build up the savings element of the policy will often be 70% of the total premium. Over the first 20 years of a typical whole life policy issued to a male age 25, about 45 to 50% of the premium goes into the policy savings element. The fact that a major portion of the premiums for whole life policies goes toward building up cash values makes the life insurance industry a major savings institution. Sales of cash value insurance policies in conjunction with sales of annuities make the insurance industry one of the country's major savings institutions. Assets of domestic life insurance companies totaled more than $350 billion at the end of 1977. In recent years, life insurance companies have accounted for about 20% of the growth in all personal savings. As a repository of personal savings, the life insurance industry has ranked second only to savings and loan associations among private savings institutions. Uh, The death benefits paid in 1977 represented only 14.5% of the cash flow of the industry, whereas the savings element was more than three and a half times as large at 54.9%. We repeat the points made earlier that all insurance is a expensive after age 65, and that whole life insurance and term insurance plus a side fund are equally legitimate ways to provide protection at any age. We want to emphasize that we are not opposed to saving through life insurance. There are some policies available offering 20-year rates of return that are competitive with other savings media. Moreover, these are reason, there are reasons for saving through insurance. It is convenient, many people like the forced savings aspect, and there are definite tax advantages. In addition to tax advantages, Uh, These include the ability to use the cash value of the whole life policy to purchase paid up up insurance benefits, guarantees with respect to annuity purchase rights, and the ability to use cash value as a collateral for a relatively low cost loan. Further, a bank or SNL cannot provide the long-term investment guarantees of whole life insurance policies, and there's no counterpart uh, in alternative investments to the waiver of premium in the event of disability, end quote. Now, the FTC also commented on the rates of return in whole life insurance. 
they they criticized heavily the non-dividend paying whole life policies, but they noted that the dividend paying policies uh, in 1977 had a 20 year average tax free rate of return between 4.94% and it was basically for individuals in their 20s. Uh, to 4.34% for individuals that were in their 40s or older. And these rates of return had increased over time. Throughout the 70s and, and the 80s, those rates of return went way up, uh, a lot in part due to the um, r- dramatic rise in interest rates in the 1980s. But this just wasn't good enough uh, for Art Williams and uh, his supporters. They just didn't like whole life insurance. And they were willing to use pretty much any means necessary to, quote unquote, prove that it was a terrible place to to save money. And everything from the FTC report to, you know, media campaigns, uh, they stood in front of Congress uh, in uh, 1988 during the Senate hearings on life insurance uh, and basically told the life and told the Senate that they thought that um, that they thought one approach to fixing what they perceived as a problem was to change the tax code to eliminate the tax benefits of investment-oriented uh, insurance products um, or to tax distributions. And so eventually what happened was the law got changed uh, to almost exactly the way that they had recommended. Now, they didn't kill whole life insurance. Uh, it still has tremendous tax benefits. Uh, what they did was limit the how fast cash values can build up inside the policy. So the product functions essentially the same, except the growth is a little slower. Anyway, that's why you rarely see experts praising whole life insurance anymore. Uh, Although some are starting to come around, uh, it is largely due to the campaigns uh, initiated in the uh, 70s and 80s by the A.L. Williams Corporation. 